Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Best Of Heard Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday. From 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching herd. This is the best of the herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, draft day. What a day. Thursday, live in Los Angeles, it's the herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be watching or listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Uh, this is one of my top 10 favorite sports days and shows of the year, NFL Draft Day. In one hour, I will do a mock draft, a no-trade mock draft. I'm not going to try to speculate. I don't think there's enough good players in this draft to move up. Surprise Carolina moved all the way up to number one. They wanted to control it. They think there's one legit quarterback in this draft. So I'll give you the top 10 teams in order as of this morning. There's a lot of fits as you kind of read the tea leaves here and you watch all the rumor mills. There's a lot of stuff that's starting to fall in place. I can't wait for it. J-Mac, we've got the Knicks move on, the Bucks collapse, the Lakers sort of expectedly look gassed, and how about the Warriors? <laughs> Every time you back them up against the wall... Looks like Warriors in six still in play. Yes, you called that very, very well. <laughs> Colin, I'll just say I'm wearing black today because it's a funeral in the state of Wisconsin. The Aaron Rodgers has gone to my Jets, and the Milwaukee Bucks just oh. choked in an, I mean, legendary stuff last night wow. from Budenholzer and Giannis. Oof. Well, let, let's start with the Warriors, the current dynasty with lots of stars that get double the TV ratings of every other NBA team. Uh, this is what it takes to beat a really good team that views themselves as the warriors of the future and to beat them in their place. You need your top six players to all play really well. And Draymond Green having maybe his best second or third game of the year. It reminds me of the last Patriots team with Brady to win a Super Bowl in 2018. Brady was old like Steph. Edelman was older, beat up injuries like Clay. The older Gronk did all the dirty work. He's Draymond. And then you had your Andrew Wiggins was James White, the running back who had 87 catches, didn't get the love, but was so valuable. And a lot of intellectual capital and playoff experience. And just when you thought Brady, Gronk, and Edelman didn't have anything left, here come the young upstart Chiefs, the Rams and their flashy offense, and they put it together 2018 and win a Super Bowl how many times did we see New England do that? And how many times have we seen the Warriors pull that off last night? It is simply hard to account for the Brady-Belichick intellectual capital, Steve Kerr's able ability to adapt, the experience of the Warriors. Draymond Green literally becomes a different player in games like this. I mean, here's a team that was historically not poor, historically awful on the road. 
And this is why I don't talk about the MVP race much. What's it matter? The regular season, I mean, star players don't even want to play. And then you get last night how well the Warriors played. Does everybody get how good Sacramento is? How tough it is to win in Sacramento? That is one of the great performances by any team on the road all year. It's not like Sacramento choked. They didn't pull a Milwaukee. Their coaching wasn't terrible. Their good players played mostly very good. This was an all-time performance. The Warriors had 33 assists. You don't even have to like the Warriors. Did you see that passing last night? They needed every assist. They had seven blocks. They needed every block. That was a master class on how to win a road playoff game against a really upstart, really talented young team. And we said this during the regular season. It's hard. Anytime you have a team with multiple rings, the Warriors, that won the year before, the Warriors, with a lot of old veterans, the Warriors, you're not going to get a ton of urgency this regular season. Remember that Patriots team, that 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 2018 Patriots team, they started the year 3 and uh, they were 3 and 5 on the road that year. They lost to Jacksonville. They lost at Detroit. They were a bad road team. And then they got to the playoffs against upstart Mahomes, Andy Reid in Kansas City. They beat him in overtime. And again, it was Belichick. It was Brady. It was just all that experience and playoff capital they had that it's hard to explain. The Patriots didn't look all year like they could beat Kansas City. They go to Arrowhead and beat them in overtime. And last night, I I said yesterday on the show, I, I don't know if this team, this team didn't win a big road game all year. Why do I doubt him? This is what they do. 33 assists. May have been the best passing performance by any team so far in the playoffs. Draymond Green had, I think, his best basketball game probably of the season in the toughest environment. He was unbelievable. Steph Curry doing a curly kneel, dribbling all over the basketball court at the end and then hitting the shot. Um, It's just hard to account for stuff. I mean, it's, this is an old team that won a title. They had the Draymond Green-Jordan uh, Poole problem before the season starts. You add some chemistry issues. They're a worn-down team that played so many playoff games, and they didn't play with any urgency on the road. There were chemistry issues. Didn't see it last night. To pass like that, shot blocking, switching on defense, that was a total team effort. The best six players all played exceptional or they don't win that game. And here is Steve Kerr after. The experience that they've had over the last decade um, playing in a lot of big games um, is definitely helpful. And this is a different team than what we what we had all year. And uh, so what happened in November and December and January on the road has nothing to do with right now. This is the, the team you're looking at is you know, a team that won a championship last year and won a ton of road playoff games. And our guys know how to do it. and They got it done tonight. It's really amazing. Even a guy like Moses Moody, who didn't really play much when he was in, it mattered. Uh, that's just that was a virtuoso performance. And, and let's be honest here. Sacramento is really good. Sacramento has the coach of the year. They're good. They're deep. Malik Monk putting up big numbers. I mean, that's a really good basketball team. That's not a team that collapsed. Then let's not make Sacramento into the Cavs. They just couldn't do anything offensively. Sacramento's got absolutely a puncher's chance in game six of the Chase Center. It's a really good basketball team. And I thought there were stretches where the Warriors were almost flawless with their passing and their rim protection and their rebounding. Looney had 22 rebounds. I mean, everybody played great. And they just get by the Kings. All right. uh, Milwaukee is, we think of football as kind of the coaching sport, right? But boy, was it on display last night how much it matters. Mike Budenholzer had a disastrous night. You bring out the magnifying glass in the postseason where players and coaches, this is big boy basketball. Budenholzer made two big mistakes. After Jimmy Butler hit a miraculous shot, end of regulation, Budenholzer did not call a timeout, which would have given the ball, advanced it to half court for a legitimate final shot. And then in overtime, he doesn't call a timeout and they can't get a shot off. They look totally disorganized. And when you juxtapose that coaching up against Eric Spolstra, who to me is just a fantastic in-game coach, a fantastic practice coach, that guy came out of a film room in Portland and has become really a legendary coach. You got three Miami players 
foul out in overtime. They're starting two undrafted players. They have four total. Miami is just throwing randos on the court in overtime. Giannis missed 13 free throws. The game got into his head. And so this this is a collapse. I don't care what anybody says. This is a collapse. Um, I had said going into the playoffs, this was the last year for this Milwaukee roster. Jay Crowder, Joe Ingles, Middleton, they're, they're just, it, it's best days way behind them. You got to reboot this roster. Now it's time to reboot the coach. And I'm not somebody that calls for coaches to be fired, but that was a disaster last night. They won a single game in this series as the number one seed. And remember, Miami's offense was dead last in the NBA in the regular season. <laughs> Suddenly they have life. Scheming up game-winning plays and plays that force overtime. Some of this is just Jimmy Butler doing what he does, but there's been a lot of great individual players. This this roster has four undrafted guys. So what happens in the playoffs is you get exposed. Players do. You get exposed. If you don't play defense, you get exposed in the playoffs. If your coach is not good situationally, you can win games. You know, it's a Tuesday, Wednesday night in Orlando or Washington. But some of this goes on Giannis, too. And I know everybody loves Giannis, and I do, too. But you want to know the Miami players that were on the floor in overtime? Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Cody Zeller, Hayward Highsmith, and Jimmy Butler. Sounds like a bad AAU team. And Giannis was afraid to shoot. It was in his head. He'd missed so many free throws. It was bully ball or nothing. So... There were so many things about I mean, the last two games, Miami outscored Milwaukee 73-41 to 41 in the fourth quarter. That is coaching. So I don't get into all this MVP stuff. Wake me when the games matter. But Miami is literally a different team in the playoffs. Golden State is a different team on the road in the playoffs. Mike Budenholzer, B-U-D-E-N-O-H-O-L-Z-E-R. It's been a bad couple of weeks for Bud. The beer and the coach he talked after. I believe you had a timeout with half a second left and you didn't call it. What was the thought process there? Yeah, we need to call a timeout there. Uh, and then in overtime, I know you like to play without calling the timeout. Was there any part of that possession where you thought maybe we're not getting something we need to take a timeout? No. Um, you know, uh, Giannis attacked. Giannis got the ball to Chris. Chris attacked. Um, you know, that's how we always play. Um, it's been very good for us. And, um, you know, we weren't able to, to convert it tonight. You are watching between Tibbs in New York, who completely shut down Cleveland's offense, Spolstra, who is dominating the fourth quarter against Budenholzer, and Steve Kerr's ability to create the right rotation and the right players, young and old, bridge that gap, you are watching three great coaches. We always think of the NFL as the coaching sport. Hats off to Tibbs, hats off to Spolstra and Steve Kerr. Not just the teams, the coaches with a big assist winning these series. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources this episode brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes director wes ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species as a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. So the Lakers got uh, shelf last night. I, I'm I am not a fan of load management. I think it's disrespectful to the fans. I think stars should play, but I get it. I understand the analytics of don't play older players. Uh, you know, back to back games. I am not a fan of load management, but the Lakers probably would have been better served keeping LeBron in Los Angeles last night. What's the point? Uh, LeBron played 45 minutes in overtime and was fantastic late in the game before this. On Monday, he needed another day's rest. And we had talked about it on the show. J-Mac said he thought the Lakers were in big trouble. And then Darvin Ham, bad coaching. Even though AD played well, why is he playing 35 minutes? He got hurt. The game was over. Get him off the floor. This is one of those games you knew by the middle of the second quarter. It was not going to be your night. And I said going into the playoffs, I thought the Lakers would win their play-in game, and I thought they would beat the Grizzlies. But they are not built to weather 24, 25, 26 playoff games. They're just not. They're just too old, and they have a very low ceiling. LeBron tends to hide your flaws. This roster is LeBron, AD, and a bunch of bounce-around-the-league guys. Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui. These guys just bounce around the league. Dennis Schroeder. There's a reason teams keep moving off these guys. So when you got a roster full of four and five guys like that, the Warriors have legends and icons and number one picks and stars. The Lakers have a very old LeBron, a very brittle AD and guys. And, and by the way, Rob Palenka deserves a ton of credit The Laker GM. He really salvaged the season. But as I've said before, don't confuse the Lakers are better since the trade deadline with the Lakers are really special. No, they're not. The Warriors are. Right? The Warriors are special. Uh, there have been times we think, you know, Philadelphia. Last night, uh, Miami. Lakers aren't a special team. They can give you occasional quarters and halves and moments. But even when's the last time the Lakers played a great game? They had a great third quarter earlier in the series. LeBron was great late in the fourth quarter and overtime on Monday. They're not built for 26, 27 games or however many it would take to win the championship. So this, this is a team that was a play-in team and had to get hot against the dregs of the NBA to get and won games narrowly to get into the play-in game. So don't confuse they're better with their special. They're not. And, and you know, if I was if I was Darvin Ham and I'm flying home last night, and I don't know how long the flight is, Memphis to Los Angeles, but they play again on Friday, I'd say, guys, no shoot around. Shoot baskets in your driveway. I don't even need you to look at tape. Show up two hours before the game on Friday at the crypto and let's go beat Memphis. Because this is kind of what they are, capable of halves and quarters and moments and overtime of being really, really good. But last night was a great example. You, you, were, you could have been very well served to just get AD and LeBron off the floor. Uh, here was LeBron after a very sluggish night. And it definitely starts for me tonight. I was not um, very good at all. Uh, I think defensively I was pretty good, but offensively I was, you know, uh, you know, not really good. Um, so, 
Um, you know, we, we all got to do a better job helping one another. And tonight I was um, and I'll be better in game six. <laughs> and he will. Uh, that's guarantee. He'll be great in game six, at least for enough moments for the Lakers to win and move on. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Let's go back to the Milwaukee meltdown against Miami. So we all like Giannis. He's a great kid. And he said something after last night's loss, and he was bad late. Like, he just lost confidence, couldn't hit free throws, didn't want to shoot a jumper, was, you know, head down, drive to the basket. It was bad. I mean, he couldn't beat a Miami team that had four nobodies on the court with Jimmy Butler. Butler was clearly the best player on the floor late in that game, fourth quarter uh, overtime. And so after the game, he sends a message, and it, it, it's heartfelt, and it's earnest, and it's wonderful, but I don't buy it. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. There's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. No, there is losers. That's why there's standings. And that's why eight coaches get fired a year in the NFL and players get traded. There are losers in sports. Our society has social nets. If things get rough, sports doesn't. You get fired. You finish in last place. It's not that they lost. It's how they lost. It was a meltdown. It was a systems failure. The last two fourth quarters were embarrassing. Listen, Michael Jordan lost in the playoffs to Orlando as a fifth seed the year after baseball, right? He came back against Orlando. Orlando was really good, and he lost. That was not a failure. They were not a favorite. The Warriors lost to the Raptors in the finals when four of their starters fell apart. That was not a failure. The Bills and the Chiefs played a wild overtime game. Basically, Kansas City won it because they won the coin flip. That's not a failure for Buffalo. The Chargers losing a 27-0 lead to the Jags last year, that is a failure, and you should consider firing your coach. And they did fire their offensive coordinator. There are losses, and then there are failures. Back-to-back fourth-quarter implosions, missing 13 free throws, being a number one seed, and winning a single game against an eight seed that struggled to put the ball in the basket with four undrafted players and two undrafted starters. That is catastrophic, and that is a meltdown. You know, a week ago, I think it was, SpaceX, Elon Musk, they launched a rocket, and after about 30 seconds, Uh, It imploded, and they called it a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. So how about, just to be diplomatic, we'll call what happened to the Bucs a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. But like the rocket, they imploded, and it didn't go as well as they hoped. Uh, Not every loss is, is, you know, there's the, what's the old saying? Uh, You either win in life or you learn. I think that's great for, for everything but sports. In sports, you win or somebody gets their arse fired. <laughs> that's sports. That's why they're standings. That's why we don't have a safety net. That's why guys get paid a lot of money, and you should save it, put it away, invest it. But that, that wasn't – it's not that you lose. There's losers all over the playoffs. But the Cavs was a bit of a meltdown. Milwaukee as a one seed is an absolute meltdown. Sacramento losing to the Warriors here with Draymond, uh, De'Aaron Fox's hand getting banged up. He was pretty good anyway. That, that's, that's not a failure. You're a young team. We both picked the Warriors to win it in six. That's not a failure by Sacramento. I mean, literally last night, the Warriors played their single best road game of the year in the toughest place, arguably, to play in the West Coast. That's just a great performance by a dynasty that's not ready to die yet. But that thing last night in Milwaukee, that's, that is a failure. That is a meltdown, and somebody's got to pay for it, and you're not going to fire players. But, you know, outside of Drew Holiday and Giannis, you got to reboot that puppy. you got to get younger and twitchier, and you got to get a coach who doesn't melt down in situational basketball like last night. I mean, Colin, we're talking about a franchise that won a title and has now regressed in both years since. What's well, a Buffalo that, Bills that, he, thing. Giannis is talking about steps. These are backward steps. You don't want to be going backwards. I think you're right. Major changes need to happen. 
I, is it too much to say Budenholzer should get fired? No, I think I think I think you I think you have to move on from that. Yeah, um, and that's okay. I yeah. mean, that, Nick Nurse is out there. He's a pretty damn good coach. The yeah. Toronto guy. I, th- I think what happens in the playoffs is David Stern, uh, rest in peace, the late great commissioner, would tell people privately. Nobody watches us in the regular season. They watch in the playoffs. And if you look at the ratings, um, I mean, the Golden State Warriors got a rating the other night. Uh, enough people watched. Then, then more people watch the Warriors than all but like four bowl games. I mean, it was like they get a real audience in the postseason. And so this is when fans watch. And when fans watch and then they call radio shows and the owner hears it, the pressure is real. You've got fans now totally engaged. The media now totally engaged. These games are the biggest thing in the sports page. Thank God for the draft. Yeah, people are going to pay attention to Wisconsin, the Packers for the next five days. Thank God for the draft. Or if there was nothing on the agenda, every talk show for the next five days in that state in Wisconsin is talking Budenholzer. He gets a big NFL break. So the Packers will keep everybody distracted. But I think you have to come out of the weekend. I don't like guys getting fired, but it just feels like he got there was a game of chess last he night. He got outcoached. For the last two games late, and he just got worked. How about the smallest thing? You know, you're up by two with like a second left. All you do all season, we'll give up threes. We will protect the rim. And he has Brooke Lopez off the floor. I know. For the pass, the lob to Jimmy Butler, who just puts it in from a foot away. Where's Brooke Lopez to protect the rim? I mean, Budenholzer really was bad last also, night. Also, when you have a decided talent advantage— and there were, you know, there's 10 seconds left, you know, in overtime, and they don't call a timeout oh. to set up a shot. Now, it'd be one thing if you were playing uh, a loaded team. You're playing Michael Jordan's Bulls. It's in overtime. You have the ball. And you're facing Phil Jackson. Maybe you're like, yeah, I don't want to call a timeout and give Rodman and Pippen and Jordan and Ron Harp. But when you're facing a team, you got Max Strauss, you got, uh, you know, you've got Cody Zeller on the floor. I- and you're sitting to yourself, I got Giannis and I got my guys. I'm going to call timeout and I'm going to set up a play for Giannis down low. Well, I'm going to set something up. I don't know if he would have wanted that. He was hot potatoing the I ball know. late because he, he missed 13 free throws. I know. Like, I know Shaq had his moments at the foul line, but I'll tell you this. Once Shaq got to the finals, he didn't go out in the first round during his prime. This kind of thing did not happen to Shaq. I like Giannis. I like his press conference there, but... He's wrong. These are backward steps for the Bucs. And now you start to wonder, man, that title that they won, huh, you know, Kyrie was hurt. James Harden was not 100%. Kevin Durant's toe was on the line. The Lakers were awesome in the Western Conference. And AD goes down when they're up against the Suns. And then the Suns get to the finals. Like, well, we knew, we knew, we, we had said this. When you watch Boston play Milwaukee this year, Boston was much younger and more athletic. And we sometimes are upset with Boston that they've hit a ceiling. So everybody knew this was sort of the last years with Crowder and Ingles. Middleton is not, if not washed, you can't pay Chris Middleton a lot of money. He came into the year hurt. He's not the same player. So everybody knew kind of this was the last stand of this team. And instead of, you know, getting to the conference finals, they get sometimes a disaster is not a terrible thing. This is sort of a wake-up call for ownership in the front office. You know, there are probably people that would have fought for, yeah, let's keep Joe Ingles another year. and let. I mean, that's what sometimes you need just kind of a, a, a cold water to the face. And it's like, okay, you got to reboot this puppy, the coach, the staff, the team. It's Giannis, Drew Holiday, and move pieces. You see Jay Crowder, the big pickup? Uh, I think he had zero minutes. He played less than one minute last night. Total non-factor. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington. TJ Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. 
Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. It's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1800 gamblernet In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. I'm going to do no trades. I'm just going to give you the top 10, and I'm going to give you a reason why I think everybody makes their pick. Are we ready to go on this? Let's go number one. I think the Panthers have used eight different starting quarterbacks over the last five seasons. They're going to stabilize the position and get Bryce Young. Again, how great is he? I don't know. I think he stabilizes it. If you look at what the franchise did in the offseason— from the head coach to the assistant coaches to the staff, they built an organization ready to help and assist and protect a quarterback. And so I think Carolina is doing it the right way. They built a staff that's very quarterback friendly. They'll get Bryce Young. I think the Texans are going to go get Jalen Carter with the second pick. I think he's the best player I saw. Their defense last year was pathetic against the rush last in the league. They have a defensive coach, D'Amico Ryan's in 12 picks. I think he's going to use this draft to fix the defense and then next year go get a quarterback. They were so bad through the middle defensively and Jalen Carter, I think, solves it. I think the Cardinals then get Will Anderson. So they had a couple of defensive line losses. J.J. Watts now into broadcasting. Zach Allen went to the Broncos. So they need people up front in that division where you got Kyle Shanahan and you got Sean McVay. you got to have players up front. They have a new coach. He's a defensive coach. And they allowed 52 touchdowns last year. That was second to the Bears. So again, I don't know how good Will Anderson is. Certainly an argument he's the best edge rusher. You don't have to move up to get him. Arizona takes him at three. I think the Colts get Will Levis, the quarterback. Here's why. They've had Matt Ryan, unathletic average arm. They've had Phillip Rivers, unathletic old okay arm. He gives them a little bit of Andrew Luck. Bright, athletic, can move, 
nice arm. I think if you squint, you can see a little Andrew Luck, and I think that's enough for Jim Ursay. Number five, the Seahawks. I think they could move down potentially if they didn't like people, but Tyree Wilson, you got to have an edge rusher, and I think they go get him. Um, is he ready to play? I don't know. But the last time they had a double-digit sack guy in Seattle was Frank Clark, and that's five years ago. So Pete Carroll's a defensive coach. His best teams at USC and Seattle had good edge rushers. I think that's their pick. The Lions pick six. Again, I'm doing no move up. I'm going to do Christian Gonzalez, the physical specimen corner from Oregon. Last year, uh, they were atrocious against the pass. They had bad corners, third worst pass defense. Also, they traded in the offseason their former number three overall pick, Jeff Akuda, the corner. So I think they stabilized corner. They got they went in the offseason and solved some of their corner issues, but I think this is where they go. Then I think they go to the interior, their D-line in later rounds. The Raiders get Devon Witherspoon, the corner from Illinois. They have a bad secondary. So they're, they're going to take a corner. I, I don't. Again, it, maybe they'd trade up, but they got Garoppolo for a year. I think they can go get a Max Duggan later at quarterback and let him sit behind Jimmy for a couple of years. But they allowed the highest passer rating in the NFL last year for quarterbacks. They got to get better at corner, and they get one. Now my surprise. Falcons take B. John Robinson, the running back. Here's why. Offensive coach. They've got their tight end. They've got their left tackle. They have good cat tackles. Young uh, running back fills the bill. It'll help Desmond Ritter or the quarterback next year. I've been told he is as clean as any draft pick. Checks every single box. A little Ladanian Tomlinson. He can catch. He can run. He stays healthy. He's coachable. He will play day one. And they're looking at building this offense behind Arthur Smith. So the O-line was top five in the league last year. They don't have an absolute need there. They do need to get other receivers later in the draft. But I think they're setting it up. They want to see what they have with Desmond Ritter and an offensive coach. If he can play, he can. If not, with these offensive pieces, there's no excuses plus an offensive coach. Nine, the Bears stay local, get the best overall offensive lineman, Peter Skoronsky, the Northwestern kid. He can play guard, tackle, probably play center. Justin Fields was the most sacked quarterback in the league. Here's why I like him. He's such a high-functioning Northwestern kid, like a Rashawn Slater. He'll come in and start. A lot of people forget last year they played a rookie at left tackle, a kid named Braxton Jones. So I don't think they're going to get a tackle. He was the, the ninth highest-graded left tackle as a rookie out of Southern Utah. So I would argue they feel they've got their tackle for the next four years and don't have to pay him. They're not very good on the interior of the O-line. Keep it local with a Northwestern kid who will play immediately. And number 10, the Eagles, who was complaining last year for Philadelphia's offense about not getting the ball? A.J. Brown. Howie Roseman says, you know what? We're going to get a receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. He's a great slot receiver. Last year, Quez Watkins, I think, was the – didn't he do some Eagle slot receiving work? I think they're going to go get this kid. A.J. Brown started grumbling last year because they used the tight ends a lot and Donovan Smith that he wasn't getting the touches. So the Eagles protect themselves. They get perhaps the only first-round receiver grade out there. Some people like Jordan Addison. Some people like Flowers, the kid at BC, the TCU receiver. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. 43 years at NFL Films. He watches tape for a living. We use him during the NFL season and the day of the draft. Let's bring in Greg Cosell. So let's start with quarterbacks. And let's start with, you know, Green Bay is an interesting team. So Green Bay, due to the Jets deal, they got a first and two seconds. And they've got to get a receiver and a tight end and an edge rusher. But they don't know what Jordan Love is. So my guess is... If a Max Duggan from TCU was available in like the third round, they go get him. Let me throw out a couple of quarterbacks that I think Green Bay would go after. Let's start with Fresno State, Jake Hayner. Not ideal size, not ideal. A total gamer, feels a little Colt McCoy yeah. to me. Is he worth a pick in the third or fourth round? I mean, I personally think so. He was a, a, of the non-top quarterbacks, and I'm sure we'll get to those. But I really liked Jake Hayner a lot on film. He's 
it's obvious he's competitive. Of course, that in and of itself doesn't make for a great quarterback. But there is a timing and rhythm to his game, Colin. There's a decisiveness to him. He turned the ball loose. Um, you could see that the sort of physical and mental toughness in the way in which he played. He did have some secondary action ability. He understood where to go with the ball. He processed things well. You know, he's under six feet, which – you know, it's less of an issue today than it was years ago, as you well know. Um, I would say most people would see him as a backup type. Yeah. But again, then you get into style of team, running game, receivers, what your defense looks like. Could a guy like Jay Kaner start in those situations? You think of a Taylor Heineke who started for, for Washington and, and quite frankly did okay. So I think Hayner probably falls into that category. Okay, let's do Hendon Hooker, who's seen as the fifth quarterback, little older, had an ACL. But when I watched him, and I watched plenty of Tennessee football, big, beautiful ball, moves enough. What is the yep. tape? What does the tape say? Yeah, and, and you, you're right. I mean, that's what the tape says. I mean, he's a strong arm quarterback. He's got really good throwing traits. He can work the intermediate and deeper levels. The issue you face with him, and it may or may not be an issue, but he ran, as you know, a relatively pure air raid offense. And yes. what that means is a strong emphasis on no huddle, fast tempo, the really wide splits by the receivers. So it's, you know, the college field is different from the NFL field due to the hash marks. So therefore, the wide side of the field is really wide. Um, and what we call pure progression reads. And pure progression means that you really don't have to know anything about the defense. You simply, you have a primary read. If he's open, you throw it. If he's not, doesn't matter why he's not. You just go to number two. If number two is not open, you go to number three. You don't have to understand the defense. You're not taught defense. Uh, you just throw it to the guy who's open, so yeah. to speak, which sounds simplistic, but in the NFL, you need to know and understand defense so when you look at let's go to the guys now that are at the top will levis why is his judgment i talked to two nfl execs they really question his judgment is it because he falls in love with his big arm you know brett Favre could do that where he would make throws you yeah. just don't do why does a kid who is reportedly very smart mom went to yale big s2 score why does he make so many bad throws um you know i think don't forget here's what his background has been. He started for two years there. The first year with, with, was with Liam Cohen, yeah. who came from the Rams and then went back to the Rams. But he was the offensive coordinator in 2021. It's a very defined offense, Colin. So he is used to, and in a sense, it was the same this year in 2022. But for some reason, the whole year was a struggle for many reasons. But even 2021, when he was better, everything was clearly defined. And I think he's used to playing that way. I don't think he's used to going through progressions in the way that, let's say, an NFL quarterback would be taught in a strict sense. Um, so I think for him to succeed, particularly early in his career, he would need to be in an offense, a lot of play action, a lot of defined reads, defined throws, know where you're going with it, not have to do a lot of elimination of, of what's not there and then isolating what is there. I think you have to keep it – I hate using the word simple because that makes it seem like he's not a smart player, but I think that's the style of offense he would have to be in where everything is really clearly laid out for him. And by the way, there's NFL offenses like that as well where quarterbacks succeed. C.J. Stroud, um, a lot of predetermined throws. Ohio State's got remarkable left tackles and receivers. Is there, let we know what he, you know, he's a very accurate thrower, sits in the pocket. Jared Goff is seen as a comp. Is there anything on tape with C.J. Stroud you didn't like that's a, that's a red flag or a warning at all? Um, Not a major warning, but I think you nailed it. There's many predetermined throws. That's true in a lot of college offenses. Um, and there's certainly a difference, which is always hard to know when you watch tape, between predetermination and anticipation. Um, it's a very hard thing to know for sure. Um, you know, I think there are questions. If, if there's a true question, you'd say it would be about his ability to function in muddied, contested pockets. Yeah. Um, most things are clean. He moves a little better than people think, and it wasn't just the Georgia game. There are many examples during the season where he moved a little bit and did show some pocket movement and did make some plays outside of structure. Um, he's a really pretty thrower. 
you know, and he does something that not a lot of co- college quarterbacks do, Colin. He throws with pace and touch. Yeah. He's not a fastball thrower. Now, he can muscle it up at times, but he's also extremely accurate at the intermediate and deeper levels. Yeah. And um, what you said is true, and a lot of people look at that and say, oh, he's just like every Ohio State quarterback. Great offensive talent. He's throwing to five-star receivers. They've got great offensive linemen. Anybody could do that. Um, but he still, if you just look at his traits, they're pretty high level. Yeah. I, I think the Jared Goff comp I heard is he's a tall kid. He throws a really yep. pretty catchable ball. Occasionally, Jared can zip it in there, but he's not known as a you know a power thrower. But uh, sure. that's not the world's worst comp. Jared Goff's won a lot of games. Okay. Um, Will Anderson, the rush edge. People are saying now, maybe he's just a situational edge rusher. I don't think he's a Bosa. I don't think he looks physically like uh, Chase Young. What is he on tape? Some people say he regressed this year. What do you see? Yeah, I think he's an explosive physical power player, much more than a true athletic player. Um, I think when, and I watched a ton of him last year, last summer from 2021, and of course this year, um, he's obviously a good player, but if you're really evaluating him, he's a little tight-hipped, he's a little straight-line linear, um, but he's explosive, he's powerful. Keep one thing in mind, what Alabama did defensively, a lot of stunting and a lot of slanting. And that helped him tremendously. It helped him shoot into gaps. It helped him when they stunted, uh, you know, as the looper come around and there'd be nobody in front of him. And that really added to his, his statistics. But he's he's a power player more than an athlete. Think of, think of it this way. And I think uh, people can see this. Think about a motorcycle and when it leans. He doesn't have motorcycle lean. Yeah. He's not that kind of pass rusher. Yeah. Okay, Ohio State, I I, I watched all of these receivers a lot. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba for the Buckeyes. Um, he's got a little bit more, feels like a little more burst than a Jordan Addison. Um, yep. I, I mean, he's just, I mean, I think Jordan's a route runner. Uh, he's small, uh, good hands, not going to run past anybody. Who do you who who's Jackson's comp here to you? Oh, I don't know if I have an exact comp, but I really like the player a lot. Okay, and I think you lose sight of the fact that he's almost six one and almost two hundred pounds. He is really quick in and out of breaks. And in twenty twenty one, when he played the whole season, one hundred and four of his one hundred and thirteen targets came out of the slot. But he is big enough to play on the outside. Ah. So I think he's going to give you inside-outside flexibility. And I really like him. He's one of my favorite receivers in this draft just because of his ability to separate. He is really quick in, in short spaces. So Bijan Robinson, I've said this multiple times over the last three days. I've had multiple scouts, people in the league tell me Bijan's about a clean, as clean a prospect as you can have. Yep. Catch, run, quick durable coachable uh does i mean is he i think he's got more fluidity than a jonathan taylor who's just track fast it feels like kind of goes full speed ahead a little more fluidity uh i don't know if he's as powerful as a zeke uh i don't know if he's as shifty as a saquon but i feel like he's an a back i I look at him and i think oh that's a pro bowl level back that's what it looks like to me what what say you on the tape yeah, oh, I like Bijan Robinson a lot. I actually think he's a better prospect than Saquon was coming out of Penn State. Um, I think that the issue with with backs now, and this is where I think the NFL and offensive coaches are going to have to really think this through, because everybody says, of course, don't draft backs. But when you have a player like Bijan Robinson or a Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, they are offensive weapons who are explosive, Colin. Doesn't it become incumbent upon offensive coaches to figure out a way to maximize that explosiveness? Right. You're trying to create big plays. These guys can give you big plays. You know, these guys are totally different than the Derrick Henrys of the world who are just basically running backs who you hand the ball to. Robinson, when you line him up detached from the formation, he runs routes. He looks like a wide receiver. That's true of Jameer Gibbs as well. So these are offensive weapons who can create explosive plays anytime. You need to have these guys on the field. All right, let's circle back for Greg Cosell's big play of the week to C.J. Stroud. He's the one that's kind of undefined now. We think Will Levis is coming up and Bryce Young is one, and mm-hmm. nobody's quite sure on C.J. Let's see the play. 
Yeah, I just chose this play. I happen to like C.J. Stroud a lot based on tape. You know, the other stuff, you can talk to people all day long. You'll get different points of view. But let's show the play. This is a touchdown he threw against Michigan State. And I chose this play essentially because it's an NFL play. And, you know, a lot of people talk about college offense versus NFL offense. But this is an NFL concept. Stroud's in the gun. The formation is closed to the boundary. There's no split receiver. Then you get their two five-star receivers, twins to the field. Okay, they have all five-star receivers. Right now, the defense is in split safety. But what they're going to do is they're going to blitz that player. So what you're going to get now is you're going to get the, the receiver closest running into the middle of the field, and then you're going to get Harrison, who's the back receiver, essentially one-on-one -on -one now because of the nature of the route concept. And this is what happens in the league. You go twins to the field, you work one receiver into the middle to eat up the safety, and then you get one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, and it becomes pitch and catch. This is something you see in the league. It relates to what you were talking about. I mean, you look at, at uh, Stroud when he's clean in the pocket. He's the cleanest thrower in this draft class. So the question is, where does he go? Can you protect him? And can you make it easier for him, relatively speaking? Greg Cosell, 43 years NFL films. One of our favorite weekends of the year with the NFL draft. My friend, great seeing you again. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.